0: Back whenever I was a seminarian, there were kind of some saints that really, that, that really inspired me. Saints that I really, really, really enjoyed reading about, really enjoyed learning more about. Saints that kind of always drew me in. And these were saints such as St. Isaac Jogues, who was the patron saint of, of evangelizing North America. Uh, St. Francis Xavier, patron saint of missionaries who evangelized here, uh, the Japanese country, and also a lot of the areas in, in India. And, you know, some, other, some of the other saints like St. Saint Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas and whatnot. But there are some saints that I really, I mean, I, I did like because they were saints, but I really didn't like because I didn't really like their message. And one of them that I really did not like, now this is back then, but, you know, I really did not like, and I know I'm a terrible person for this, I really didn't like St. Therese. St. Therese is like the sweetest little saint you could ever imagine. She was born just a few, just a couple hundred years ago, 1840, excuse me, 1873, and died in 1897, 24 years old. And she was a a sweet little French Carmelite nun. In fact, whenever she died, the sisters, her fellow sisters, whenever they went to go kind of come up with an obituary, they didn't know what to say. Her life was phenomenally unremarkable and yet her story and yet what she did write and what she did say especially in her journal which later on became a book the story of a soul ended up making her not only a canonized saint but a doctor of the church there's only 34 of those in all the church's 2,000 years of history what that basically means is while you could be a saint in the church that doesn't necessarily make you a doctor of the church. A saint in the church, a canonized saint, is somebody who lived heroic virtue, who lived a glorious life. But you don't exactly look to them always for advice. They don't, their, their writings were not always that did not necessarily always mimic and, and, and reflect the Catholic Church. You know, there's some things that you kind of had some shadows to them. Not so with the doctor of the church. With the doctor of the church, just about everything they say is meant to be believed. And everything they say is meant to be kind of inherited as, as creed. And she, at age 24 years old, became a doctor of the church. And her story, and, and what made her become a doctor of the church, is kind of the very thing that drove me crazy. She was basically a, 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 a phenomenal mystic who was extremely beautiful in the way in which she dealt with her discouragement. Now, give you some background. Saint Therese was, was born to a beautiful French family. In fact, a lot of, believe it or not, it's very rare, but a lot of those family members are actually now canonized saints. Uh, and she was born into this family, and she knew from a young age that she wanted to enter the convent. And so at age 15, which is a, it's pretty young, I haven't really met a lot of other sisters like this, uh, at least not certainly not in America, uh, who she basically went and she, she, she wanted to enter the convent, but the sisters wouldn't let her. She was too young. So she went to the Pope. She went from, from Alcyon, France, all the way to Rome, petitioned for our private audience. I guess they were easy to get back then. And the Pope at the time received her, was shocked by her request, and said, go for it, have fun. You know, and what did she do? She entered the convent at age 15. Now, to give you an idea, this is not your classic, this is not a convent that you would think about. The, these sisters, once you the Carmelites, specifically the Scouse Carmelites, once you enter, that's kind of it. And this is back in the old days. Like you, like, you were dead to the world. Like, you basically never really saw the world again. You got to go home maybe once every 10 years, and you got to see your family through a grill. But other than that, it was strictly for business, strictly for prayer for the rest of her life. And whenever she got there, whenever she actually entered the convent, she experienced an incredible amount of discouragement. An incredible amount of discouragement because she was looking at all of these nuns who were doing all these big heroic penances, and here she was, this little 15-year-old girl, doing nothing of the sort. Just being very, very small, very uneducated, very meek in the midst of what she saw with so much greatness. And what we usually do, at least whenever, at least speaking from my own experience, is what we usually do whenever we get discouraged, we usually turn to vice. We usually end up, you know, talking bad about these people we look up to or talking bad about the people that, that ultimately we admire. We usually end up saying, you know what, I'm just going to kind of ignore my duties. I'm going to kind of sleep in. I'm going to kind of ultimately kind of shirk my responsibilities. And that's what she could have done. She could have let the greatness of these sisters cause resentment in her heart. Which happens to us all. Happens to a lot of us. But instead, the approach that she took was she decided to bring this pain and this frustration to Jesus. She brought this to the Lord, and something happened. She had this revelation and this realization that in the midst of all of these roses, all of these great sisters she was a little flower, just a little flower. And whenever she realized that, she made this phenomenal connection, that if every tiny flower, every little flower wanted to be a rose, then spring would lose its loveliness. If every little flower wanted to be a rose, Then spring would lose its loveliness. In other words, the diversity of which we see, you know, with some people being beautiful beautiful roses, other people being beautiful lilies, other people being violets, other people being daffodils, all of the diversity of flowers is willed by God and it ultimately increases and makes the human family that much more lovely, that much more beautiful, that much more incredible. And as you can imagine, a young man hearing this is a little bit, you know, not not really, was not too accepting of this. This is a little bit of a tough thing to digest. I'm not a big flower guy, you know. But there's so much truth to this. There's so much truth to this. What do we have today in today's day and age? We have something, we have this social media kind of society where we see roses day in and day out. It's all over our media feed. And if you're not a rose, guess what? Put a filter on your photo and boom, hey! You look great all of a sudden, all right? There's a tendency ultimately for us to look and constantly whenever we become inundated with our cell phones, constantly see ourselves as comparing ourselves to roses, ultimately feeling not even like little flowers, but ultimately feeling like trash. And the reality is, is that's the beauty of St. Therese. That's the beauty of the wisdom that she preached about. She ultimately saw these roses and actually appreciated them said, thank you, Lord, for them, but was fundamentally content with the calling that God gave her as a little flower. And it was out of that contentment that she basically formed what's known as the little way. And the little way is very, is very simple. says, don't worry about doing great things, but do small things, little things with great love. See, everyone ultimately as an opportunity to do great things for so you see, everyone has an opportunity to ultimately show love, to make small sacrifices, to give them that smile, to give them that time, to give them that attention, to ultimately show them some kind of compassion. And it was out of this little way that St. Therese pursued so aggressively, yet so peacefully, that she died a great saint. And that's the beautiful revelation of St. Therese. See, as a young man, I always thought I needed to do great things. But let's be honest. What are great things? Great things are just a summation of small things done with great love. Small things done very well. How do people climb up and advance in the Navy? They do little things well over time, and eventually that gets recognized and they give a promotion. How do you summit a mountain? You take one step at a time. How do you become a great saint? One prayer at a time. One act of charity at a time. One little way. Step by step by step. That's the beauty of St. Therese. And that's ultimately something that I think God is calling us to do. Is to remember and recall ultimately that you and I are not meant necessarily to be and to shine forth as if these great roses do on, that we see on social media and whatnot. But rather, you and I are, calling, are called to be exactly who God is, is, is made to asked us to be. And sometimes that's just being a little flower. Sometimes that might be a rock in the garden. Sometimes that might be somebody in the, that ultimately, personally, seems so unbelievably remarkable. But in the eyes of God, it all fits. It all fits in the perfect garden. It all fits in the perfect painting. And it ultimately will all make sense in the kingdom of heaven. I believe in one God the Father the Almighty maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ the only